Hello, Duke fans, and welcome to episode 528 of the Duke Basketball Report podcast. We are recording this on the evening of August 2nd, 2023. We are into August. College basketball season begins in just three short months. I am your host for this episode. I am Sam Klein. I am going to cut us straight to the interview because we've got a great one for you today. We're going to end up splitting this bad boy up into two episodes. So you are only going to hear half of the conversation with Duke sixth year graduate student, MBA student, Ryan Young. He's here. I'm going to turn it over to him. Let's get going. We are joined now by Ryan Young, uh, rising sixth year at Duke. He is uh, he is going to be one of the old heads on the basketball team this season, and we are thrilled to have him on the DBR podcast. So, Ryan Young, uh, welcome. Yeah, thanks for being here. I'm glad you said sixth year. I'm one of the old heads. I can't – hard to forget it nowadays, um, especially even from last year. Uh, we had some older guys this year. It feels like it's just me out there. Uh, but – no, it's been awesome. Happy to be here. Happy to, uh, to connect with you guys. Excellent. Well, we we want to ask a little bit about uh, your Duke experience and some of the stuff that you're looking forward to. But I think one of the topics that is top of mind for a lot of Duke fans is all of the great freshmen that the team has coming in this season. So maybe we could spend a few minutes getting your impressions of of each of those guys. And and just to remind the listeners, uh, it is a it is a star studded class that Duke is bringing in this fall all of whom are now on campus and, and practicing with the team. So that, and Ryan, you can take these in any order that you want, but you got to tell us a little bit about Jared McCain, about Caleb Foster, about Sean Stewart, about TJ Power. We want to know how all of them are doing uh, adjusting to campus and also maybe a little bit about what you've seen from each of them on the court. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we're, we're wrapping up this summer. I think the young guys, I think the freshmen will go home on Friday because they're finishing their summer classes. Um, so now we've gotten in a quality six or seven weeks uh, of summer school. And I've gotten to know the guys obviously very well, both on and off the court. Um, so like you mentioned, as always, Duke brings in a super talented group. So all these kids can can really play. Uh, they're super talented, far more talented than I was at their age. Um, but aside from that, just as always, it seems throughout in this program, at least in my experience here, really good individuals as well. So it's been fun. It's been a fun group to be around. Um, you know, we started off the summer a little slow. We had so many injuries uh, in terms of, you know, Mark and Flip uh, and Christian and Jeremy were still dealing with a toe thing. So we were a little slow to get into some five on five action. Um, but all the young guys, the freshmen uh, bring a really good young energy uh, to practice and to everyday work. Uh, one thing that sticks out as a group, um, they're all individual, but as a group, they're very, very hardworking. Uh, which is exciting uh, because you can, I remember myself and you see a lot of it, just there's a, it's not really a freshman wall, but you, you can't be shell, shell shocked by the amount of work that you need to put in from the, when you jump from the high school level to college. Uh, and it hasn't hit this group at all. Um, they're in there a ton, all hours of the day, early morning. So that's been really fun to watch, uh, especially as an older guy that's been through it. Uh, my upcoming sixth year uh, of college basketball, it's it's been exciting to see such young energy and these guys just being excited to be here. Uh, TJ and, and Caleb and Jared and Sean, all of them on different occasions talk about how exciting it is to have a gym that they can go to all the time and work out and have full access to. It's 
it's like a crazy idea to them. And to me, it's, that's been the norm for so long. So it's been fun to be around them and see that. Um, and just overall, the way they work, uh, the way that they've been hungry has been awesome because it's one of the things that I, you know, was somewhat nervous about with the amount of returners we had and the amount of, you know, minutes we have coming back and scoring coming back. One of the things in the back of my mind I was thinking about is I hope these young talented freshmen don't come in and, and settle or, or be fine with, you know, having whatever role they think is predetermined for them you know, they should come in and and be hunting these minutes and be going at guys in practice. And they have, uh, they've been super hungry and they haven't, you know, had that mindset that I'm going to be a freshman and that we have a lot of returners coming back. So that's been super exciting in terms of individual play styles. Uh, Caleb and Jared both can, can really play, can, you know, run a team when we're playing fives. Uh, both of them can shoot. Jared can, can really shoot it. Uh, so he's been fun to play alongside. And then in Sean and TJ, both super dynamic players uh, in their own respects, slightly different ways. Uh, Sean can really play around the rim. I mean, he could, he can jump uh, multiple times this summer. He's I'm going up for a rebound and he's a foot and a half higher than I am. Uh, so um, both super talented. They'll bring a different type of dynamic game playing different positions out there, but uh, honestly, it's just, it's been an exciting summer to have them around, have that young energy. And like I said, seeing their work ethic and how hungry they are, uh, has been just motivating for the rest of us, as well as myself as a, as the old head. You mentioned the injuries. We, we heard a little bit, I think in public about, about Jeremy Roach and Kyle Filipowski nursing injuries this summer. Uh, can you talk to us a little bit about, about how those guys are progressing and, and what's sort of the feeling about readiness for all of those returners nursing the injuries going into October? Yeah, I I don't want to screw anything up here because I don't know their exact timelines. I know that Flip, you know, Flip had double hip surgery, which I didn't. To be honest, I had no idea that you could even do it. Um, so he was he was his is certainly a longer um, progression back. Uh, to 100%. He's been doing a lot of like court stuff this summer, but nothing live. Um, and I, I can, I, I'm unsure when his actual timeline is, but he's, um, it seems like he's, you know, progressing nicely and obviously he's done a great job of staying vocal and not, you know, letting his, letting him being off to the sideline affect, uh, you know, his leadership and and his role and the, and his impact on the rest of us on the team. Uh, and, and Jeremy's still, uh, again, I don't want to, screwing anything up by not knowing the right logistics of his progression back, but he's still, still nursing that same uh, toe injury he's had for a little while. So I think, you know, the time of the summer right now is not the time to be pushing uh, physically uh, in a way. So we're, I think our, our, our coaching staff, obviously, and then our, uh, our trainers are, you know, trying to do the best to, to let these guys get back to hundred percent at the pace that isn't going to uh, injure them further. We talked about how different it is with with all these young guys who are here this season. You're also a year more experienced in the program. How different is your approach to being a Duke basketball player, preparing for the season, being a leader on the team uh, now that you have the year under your belt so you don't have to you know, go through any of this stuff for the first time, not just college basketball, but but specifically at Duke? Yeah, no, it's uh, it is different. I didn't know if it was you know going to be because I coming into last year I was going to be a fifth year. You know, I I played a a ton of college basketball and been through a ton of off seasons and 
and all of that. I knew I wanted to be, you know, have a positive impact on the young guys, be a, be a good leader in the locker room and all things like that. But it was difficult at times just because I was trying to integrate myself into a new program, trying to understand how um, Coach Shire wants things run. Obviously, it was his first year as well. So it was just so much uh, newness going around um, in, in the program and so much change. Uh, so it was still difficult to to have that impact. And this year, it is a lot more fluid. And it's easier with the help of so many of our other returners. Uh, I know they're sophomores now, but Mark, Tyrese, Flip, you know, these guys are veterans now in the Duke basketball program, uh, even though they're they're sophomores and they're still 19, 20 years old. Um, but it's easier with that with that buffer between the coaching staff and the new players. Last year, um, it was different for me, my time at Northwestern. You know, we never had more than three to four guys leaving at a time and three to four guys coming in. So it was always, you know, not too difficult to start up summer practices because uh, you had eight or nine guys as a buffer between the staff and the new guys to help them learn how practices are run, how the programs run in general, how, you know, people are communicating, what the norms are. And uh, this past year, even though I consider myself a, a veteran in college, in the college basketball realm, uh, and we had other old guys coming in with Jacob Grandison, Jeremy returning, uh, you know, Kale and Max on the team. It was just difficult to still be that, be that, uh, I keep on using the word buffer, uh, because I'm still learning how Coach Shire wants things run, how practices are run, what the norms are, everything. So this year it's just been a lot easier uh, in terms of that. It'll be exciting uh, this summer, I think we did, but also when we hit the fall, we'll be able to, you know, hit the ground running uh, with so many guys like myself coming back after a, a year being under Coach Shire in the program. You played for Coach Collins at, at Northwestern before coming to Duke. Uh, any sort of funny moments that you've recognized where you could you could hear like a, a Coach Collins thing in Coach Shire or where you realized like, oh, this is not a Collins thing. This is a Coach K thing that it just turns out all these guys do. There, no, there's there's certainly uh, some Coach K things that I, I recognize right away, even like some drills that I was like, oh, this is this is from Duke. Um but it, and and Coach Collins always used to harp on the the military aspect. Uh, he got took a lot from Coach K, I think, in that. Um, but it was yeah, you could definitely see some things. I mean, it, it makes sense. Why not? Why not take and learn from from the best that ever did it uh, in Coach K? So uh, I really enjoyed my time under under Coach Collins. And uh, but yeah, it's it's funny to see the there's some phrases that are said that uh, you know I realized right away. Oh, I. I've been hearing that for four straight years. This, this is, uh, I understand where it comes from now. Um, but yeah, it was a, it's, it's, uh, it's all over the place. And we said, I, uh, we had a uh, Wojo back um, for, he was at uh, K Academy, but also uh, brought his kids to uh, the camp. And I was having a few conversations with him and even there, some, some phrases, um, you hear right away and I'm like, it, it must be from coach K cause they both spent whatever seven to they're both players then obviously spent so many years on her as an assistant coach. So Can we go back and, and just do one more, uh, one more question about, about the team. Um, you talked about how there's a lot of depth on this team and, and all the new guys sort of have to figure out their roles. Uh, can you give us just a little insight into what, what the, you know, big man situation is going to look like this year? Obviously, you and, and Flip coming back, uh, both expecting to play real minutes, but you've got young guys who are pushing you. You've got Christian Reeves, who didn't get a lot of time last year, but I imagine that once he's healthy, he wants to contribute. So what's that looking like? 
Yeah, it's exciting. Um, it'll be, you know, it's important. We'll have a lot of talent at the guard position, at the wing position, and we'll have to, uh, once again, anchor the team at this at this four or five position like um, like Derek and Flip did so well last year. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, but it'll be it'll be really exciting this this preseason to have guys like Christian and Sean, um, you know, fighting for for, for minutes. And honestly, it, it's a great thing for the team uh, because, you know, we always say iron sharpens iron uh, this past season. You know, we came in uh, Flip and Derek. Uh, myself and Christian came in just going at each other in practice and uh, it makes the team better and it becomes uh, a problem for our opponents. So that's what's going to have to happen in this fall uh, coming up here. Um, the goal that I've been telling these young guys, both Sean and, and Christian and Flip knows, but you just want to play as hard as you can in practice so that, you know, let let Coach Shire have to make the tough decision of of figuring out what, you know, what lineup is going to work out best. That's all you can do as a player is give it all you got in practice and work as hard as you can. Uh, and the team will benefit from it. And then, you know, like you mentioned, figuring out roles and, and minutes and lineups we're going to go with is, uh, is a decision. I, you know, I'm, I don't, uh, I'm not jealous of coach Shire for having to, to figure that all out. Um, but that's the biggest thing. It'll be exciting um, to be, you know, real competitive in practice. Ryan, we're going to shift a little bit from the team and focus in, uh, just for a couple minutes on on you. And I want to start off the court with the Brotherhood podcast, which has been a, a wonderful way for all of us to kind of, you know, gain a little insight into the team and also, you know, you getting to interview uh, some former players and also some of your current teammates. How did that start? Was And how did you become the host of this thing? Yeah, so absolutely. It's, a, uh, it's an interesting story. Um, it goes back to... Um, well, first of all, I'd just like to say we have a, an incredible uh, creative team here at Duke uh, on social media, but all this, you know, I really, I, I try to do my best as the host, but there's so much incredible work done behind the scenes um, uh, by Dave Bradley, uh, he's the head, but Nolan Ellenberg and, and Nick Colosimo just do a phenomenal job. I mean, top tier, uh, you know, creative uh, stuff for social media and everything that they they do is, uh, you know, the best. Um but it goes back uh, when we were in the we were in Orlando for the first two games of the tournament. Uh, a member of the the creative team asked me to do these interviews uh, of the rest of the players while we were in the locker room. So I was a I was like a fake uh, journalist media member uh, for that, and they posted on Instagram, and it they really liked it. I, I enjoyed doing it. It was it was fun, and it was uh, it was mostly just lighthearted questions, and it was kind of like a, a joke or a bit for me to be asking stupid questions while real journalists were trying to get real questions in. Um, but I enjoyed it a lot. And in this offseason, uh, I had a few meetings about how I could try and uh, up my social media presence, how I could try and drive user engagement with uh, our creative team and our my uh, agent uh, about how I can try and help leverage that, obviously. Uh, social media became much more relevant with uh, NIL becoming a thing uh, almost two years ago now. Uh, so my agent was kind of on my on me to start a TikTok page. And um, I really wasn't having it. That wasn't uh, me. And uh, um, after you know, a few conversations, I thought maybe I could try and find something different to do. I knew that I had watched a lot of player podcasts with JJ Reddick, uh, Draymond, and and a lot of them have been really successful. So I thought, 
that would be a little something different. I'd be, I think I could do it. And I had a lot of fun with that. Um, you know, that, that, that interviewing, uh, when we were in Orlando for the tournament. So I kind of approached our media team and thought, asked them, is there something you guys would be interested in doing? Do you think I could do it? Uh, and we had a few conversations about what it would look like, how it would go. And, uh, Honestly, it's been it's been awesome so far. The premise is, you know, really just to give our fans more insight into what our program looks like, our guys' lives on and off the court, and then the brethren in general. So if we ever have a, a former player or somebody come back in, it's just awesome to get their perspective on things, ask them about their career, their life journey, um, just because our fans mean, you know, the world to us. Uh, I yeah, I feel like I'm able to get a really nice perspective of just how much impact the fans have on us. Uh, being at Northwestern for four years, you know, we we had an incredible fan base there, but there'd be home games at Northwestern where, you know, we'd have opposing, uh, if we played in Illinois or Michigan State, you know, it'd be 50-50 a home game at Northwestern in terms of fans. That's never happened in Cameron. And uh, I think a big part of us going undefeated home this past season is due to the fans. I try and tell every student that, you know, comes up and is asking about Cameron and stuff. You know, I try and make sure they know that we, we would not go undefeated if it weren't for the fans in Cameron. So just another way to kind of give back um, to the fans uh, selfishly for me, hopefully at some point, if there's any monetization opportunities out of it, that'd be great. But honestly, it's been a ton of fun. It's been cool to learn more about the brotherhood. Uh, Cause I didn't grow up a huge Duke fan. My parents both went to Syracuse university. So I grew up a, a Syracuse fan. Um, and so it's, it's funny bringing in some of these guys. Uh, you know, I, I didn't know that the, when we were interviewing Wojo. I didn't know that the, the slap, the floor slap was a Duke thing. So I'm learning, I'm learning things every day, but that's kind of how it started. Uh, it's, it's going to be, interesting to see how we kind of change and mold it as we go. We'll see if we, uh, the plan is to keep it going throughout the season. Uh, there's some, like I said, our creative team is, is pretty incredible and they have some, some really cool ideas of how to stay, you know, interesting and relevant throughout the course of, of the season. Uh, but so far it's just been fun to, like I said, in the off season, give our fans a little more perspective into our guys' lives while, while, you know, there's no games going on. Yeah. I, I was going to ask if you were going to keep it going during the season, I mean, look, we, the three of us do this. We've been doing this for a long time. It's hard enough to get all of us on, you know, on at some points during the year. We are also not college basketball players. Um, so I like we're, we're glad that it's going to be going on during a season. But I know you've only been, you know, five or six or seven interviews so far. What's been your favorite one so far? Gosh, yeah, great question. Um, it's fun to do the current players because, you know, I, I have a lot of there's inside jokes and uh, banter. That's just funny being around these dudes, Flip and and Tyrese and Jalen. Like, I, I forgot that J nobody knew that I was the one that broke Jalen's nose in practice in the middle of the year. So <laughs> like that, that are, that are fun to go back and forth with. But I, I learned a lot more when I did Wojo. We just did Quinn Cook in uh, in Chicago. And it's, it's great. It's cool for me just to learn from them and get their perspective uh, from people that have been through it before. Uh, and they're so insightful to be able to look back. You know, Wojo was so down to earth and open about everything. I remember going into that podcast, like our, our creative team was, you know, they were telling me he's super open about, you know, getting fired from Marquette and things like that. And I was like, I don't, I don't really want to ask the question. Uh, but, you know, he was super, 
super outgoing and open and uh, just really incredible outlook on life. So I really liked learning and talking to Wojo and then Quinn Cook uh, dropped some, you know, really cool knowledge and advice about, uh, you know, what his 2015 team was able to do and how they, how they did it. And, you know, he did a great job relating it to this upcoming year for us. So those two were, were really, really fun to, to learn from and talk to. Hey, hey, Ryan, can I jump in really quick and just ask, what was the deal with Tyrese Proctor and those hats? <laughs> <laughs> Another great question. I don't have a great explanation for it. Um, they're just, those big hats are in that room and Tyrese really wanted to, to put it on before we started. And uh, there was two, so I put mine on and, and we recorded the whole thing with it. Um, but it fits his hair. It looked amazing. It looked amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Is is this uh, are we are we seeing a preview of kind of what you want to do? Uh, maybe I mean I know you're in business school right now. You're going to have, as Sam will tell you, a world of opportunities uh, after that is done, especially going to Fuqua. Uh, but is this something that you you hope to continue even after you uh, you leave Duke? Yeah, we'll see. Um, I think the the Brotherhood podcast in specific, uh, we've had a few conversations to try to keep it in the program just as a way, again, to give back to the fans and and hopefully they appreciate it. Uh, but, you know, what's uh, we'll figure out what's what's next for me. There's a few opportunities, like you mentioned. Uh, I'm pretty intrigued by a few different things in the business world. I've had a few internships and uh, private equity firms and, and consulting firms. So there's uh, a possibility I, I try to pursue one of those things. I haven't, haven't given up completely on, uh, on playing professionally. Um, you know, I would, the, the NBA is a bit of a, a pipe dream for me still, but, you know, potentially going overseas is really intriguing and, uh, and trying to keep playing. Uh, like you mentioned that I've had a ton of fun with this. So, you know, may try and explore what is out there in terms of staying in, in sports and journalism somehow. I'd also, be intrigued. Uh, I don't think I'd ever see myself going into coaching, but I think uh, staying in the the NBA somehow, maybe like a front office role is again, really intriguing to me. Um, and obviously uh, there's a number of Duke guys, uh, you know, across the NBA um, working there. So long answer to basically say, I don't, I, I, I don't know what I'm doing next year or what's, uh, what's next for me. I'm trying to, you don't have to decide yet, man. <laughs> yet. I don't know is the best answer you can give as a college, as a college Ryan, kid. Ryan, <laughs> consulting is a cop out. You can do better. Yeah. <laughs> well, was, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. So we'll, we'll I got to figure it out. I got to lock in, uh, hopefully this, you know, these, these next few months and try and figure out what's next. It's, it's an interesting dynamic trying to not let the, anxiety of not knowing what's next and not being able to plan uh you know drive me crazy but also trying to lock in for this year this last year of college basketball and give everything I got to this team so you know trying not to be preoccupied and thinking about what's next because uh wouldn't be fair to my teammates and and everybody in the program so um yeah just uh I've I've delayed the the decision of what's next for two extra years to play college basketball but It'll, it'll come to an end after this season and then figure it out from there. So it, we, we talked about off the court. That was a nice segue to get you back on the court. All right. So you were in the high school class of 2018. That's the same classes, you know, Zion, Cam, RJ, and Trey. This is, again, your sixth year in college. You're the elder statesman in the locker room. Is there any extra responsibility that that you feel uh, being kind of the, the old man in the locker room and you know, sometimes being five years older than – some of your teammates? 
Yeah. Um, yeah, it's six, actually, unfortunately. I, I had a uh Travis Scott released his album this this week. Uh, and a few days ago, Jared McCain informed me that the last time Travis Scott released music, he was in middle school and I was a <laughs> freshman at Northwestern. So that one that one hurt. It, 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 <laughs> that one was tough to that pill was tough to swallow. Um, but no, it's it's exciting to be an older dude in the locker room. Uh, I always consistently think back about my time as a freshman. I redshirted my freshman year at Northwestern. I came in. Um, I wasn't ready physically to play, uh, but we also had a starting senior center uh, named Derek Pardon and a junior right behind behind him named Barrett Benson that were exceptional players, really good for us, but incredible for me personally um both off the court they just consistently you know by talking to me but also just leading by example showing me what it took to be uh, a student athlete and just be a successful college student but then on the court as well um for lack of, of of better words just beat the hell out of me in practice every day uh, i was an undersized big i was underweight um and i just couldn't hang with these dudes and they did not you know every day in practice killed me and looking back on it uh, is the best thing that ever happened to me my redshirt year I took so many strides um and I just say that because I think back about the effect that they had on me and it in my mind it's almost paying it forward to try and have the same effect on on these young guys in the program now uh and I try to do that you know obviously off the court and help show them you know what it you know what it takes to be successful in the time you got to put in and how to manage your time I'm not able to to dominate uh, these guys in the court the way that um, I was my freshman year from the older guys in the Northwestern program, uh, but just showing them how to work, you know, what kind of things it takes, the time and the work ethic it takes on the court uh, to be successful. But, you know, honestly, it's, it's, it's real, it's an easy job with the, the kind of guys, the kind of character we have in the locker room uh, this past year and this season. Um, I'll use Derek as a, as a case study, you know, he came in and, didn't have the start of the season that he probably wanted to probably a lot of Duke fans wanted him to. Um, and his attitude and his character never wavered. And that was, it made it so much easier to help be an older guy in his year, help, you know, try and teach him, help get, help him get over the hump. Um, and it's, you know, you give so many of these young guys so much credit with how mature they are um, for, you know, like I said, the, the Derek case study just, um, the way that he approached that and hitting a bit of a freshman wall, he was consistently coming to to me and Emil and and all the staff talking, you know, asking questions, wanting to get better, wanting to learn. Um, and he was always in it for the team's success. So um, it's fun being an old guy. Like I said, there's there's definitely times and comments where I it's uh, it's you realize just how old you are. But um, with my experience and the the impact that old guys had on me when I was a young player. You know, I, I put the pressure on myself, but I take pride in hopefully being um, a mentor and a and a bright light for these for these young guys. But like I said, it's it's easy with the the high character and the the guys that we have in the locker room. Last question for me before I turn it over to Jason, staying on the type of game that you kind of bring to the table. Of course, you know, we're on the old thing and, and I, I hate keep calling you old because you're several years younger than all of us. But, uh, you know, everyone Wait, says you can several, have several, I said several <laughs> <laughs> trying to help you, Jason. <laughs> um, but most people, a lot of people say you have an old man. 
Yeah. I think that Ryan is the same age that I was when we started doing this show. Oh, good. <laughs> Which Ryan, was... what are you, 24? 23. 23. Close enough. Close enough. I, I find that the I find that the you you really start feeling old when you don't know people in college anymore. So you're hanging on more than like more than most people are, you know? Because you're not you're not starting <laughs> that clock until next year. Most people right. it's like right. you're like 21, 22, you're like you're out. And then and um, then by 25, you don't know any college students anymore. <laughs> Yo, Ryan, I was in school with Johnny Dawkins and Danny Ferry. Okay. <laughs> I was not. So, <laughs> um, but okay. My last question on the court for you is, you know, again, a lot of people say you have a kind of an old man game. You find the angles. You're in the right position. It feels like every single time inside the paint. But this summer, in some of the little videos that we've seen, we've seen you, you know, take take a few, take a walk out to the uh, beyond the three point line and hit a couple. Is this something we're going to be seeing in games, or is this something you're just kind of trying out? Give us the give us the scouting report on what you've been working on this summer to help prepare for the season. Yeah, no, it's it's hopefully something that I can add to my repertoire and be a real threat out there. Um, mostly because that's what's going to be best for the team. Um, you know, Coach Shire wants us playing a fast pace of basketball, and the more that I can help stretch out uh, the defense when I'm out there, the better it's going to be for everybody else and myself as well. Um, so, you know, Coach Shire and I, would, and I have had a few conversations about um, being confident in that three-point shot uh, and, and adding it for that reason. Um, so it's just about getting the reps up. Uh, obviously, you know, practice is, is significantly different than games, but uh, that's something that um, I'll look to to add, like I mentioned, to open things up offensively for us. Um, and, uh, yeah, hopefully that's uh, that'll be – a progression of mine um moving away from my from my old style basketball i am we uh on this show every season we do a game where we predict a bunch of stats about the team uh and so we haven't i, I haven't we haven't put the game together yet and it's not this is not a gambling thing there's no money involved so you don't have to you don't have to feel conflicted here um but i set all the over-unders for the game and we're definitely going to be guessing your uh your three-pointer your three-point makes count Okay. Ball. So, uh, what what's your number? How many three pointers are you gonna make this season? Jeez, I think. Um, Just assume we're gonna play forty games. We're playing forty games. Yeah, yeah playing, <laughs> right, right, whatever. Sure. All the way to the final four. Chant national how championship game. Forty games. We're gonna be guessing this in two months, so you have to do it now. Yeah. Depends on minutes played as well as uh what my role will be because it's a lot different shooting a three as a starting big than a big coming off the bench that's that's a little different but i'd say you know hopefully if i could shoot at a high enough clip um you know being able to take a three-year game or maybe you know 33s and 40 games is enough to keep defenses honest um we'll see how that goes if i if I'm shooting the three and it's not going at the rate that I want it to. It, it becomes a little harder to. Are you going to make five three pointers this year? Five for, hopefully I'm not five for 30. Uh, <laughs> but, but but this is all predicated on you, like making enough at the beginning that you keep doing it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. And that's, so, how, that's how it typically, how it typically. Are we going to, are we going to call it 10? That'd be great. I think. I mean. Marshall Plumley got one. Uh, <laughs> Oh my God! Emil Emil never took a three in his career. Emil never took a three. Really? Never took a three. 
Um, Bill never took a three. Lance Thomas never took a three at Duke, and he went to the NBA and he shot three pointers for ten years. So um, you never know. Yeah. No. Hopefully. Okay. It's, uh, wait, wait, right, Ryan. My 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 follow up on this is. <laughs> wait, my follow up on this is: Do you guys have like three point shooting contests, and where do you fall in the pecking? Like, I'm betting Jared McCain and Jaden Shoot are ahead of you as three point shooters, but where are you in the pecking? Like, how about you against Mark Mitchell? Yeah, uh, we typically won't shoot too much against each other, at least not in different shooting groups. You know, I, I may be against uh, Christian or Derek or, or Flip. Um, and it's hard to hard to like discern because practice shooting is so much different. Uh, sure. I feel like when I was at Northwestern, there was a you can always chop 20% off your shooting in practice and uh, maybe like fifth, like I thought it may have been like 30% off the free throw line. Um, I think I'm right around that that group. You know, Derek Derek shot the ball very well in practice last year. Me and him had similar uh, strokes. Um, Mark works really hard at his at his shooting from around the three, and he can really shoot it from the corners. But you know, hopefully, I, I'm a guy that can take you know one to two a game and and make it at a high enough clip because I'll be I'll be open when I'm shooting it. So um, that'll be another you know uh, not if you're, not if you're making them all. That yes, that'd be an ideal progression if they're they're flying at my pump face the three point line. That that'd be great. That's the ultimate goal. That's it's not just to make the three; it's to have them jump at more of my pump fakes from outside the arc. Yo, if you had to take one guy to to hit the three point shot, is it going to be Jaden or Jared or Caleb? I, I don't know or Tyrese. Yeah, uh, Jared's been shooting the ball very very well this summer. I, I like Jared, Jared and Jaden both. Um, I wouldn't want to choose between the two, but they're both they're they're picked very highly if uh, if we're in a shooting competition. They're one and two. This episode of the Duke Basketball Roundup is sponsored by BetterHelp. Springtime is the season that's supposed to feel like a new beginning. We have better weather, and it feels like everyone gains a boost of energy. However, for many. Leaving winter behind doesn't always mean that their mood lightens up with the extra sunlight. We all carry around stress, and that stress can build as more events get added to your calendar. That's certainly true, Donald. And with the amount of social gatherings increasing with the improving weather and more daylight, there's more pressure to be on when you're interacting with family, friends, coworkers, even strangers, even when stress has you a little bit down. And for some, getting advice from a therapist and help you tackle some of that stress without affecting you or the people you care about. That's what BetterHelp is all about. It's entirely online, and it's designed to be therapy that's convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a professional, licensed therapist. And you can switch therapists anytime you want. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try and find your social sweet spot. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Duke Roundup today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Duke Roundup.
We are back from the break, and we are taking a little bit of a programming detour. So uh, full disclosure, this is Sam. We don't have Ryan anymore. Uh, we have just given We don't you have Donald a- anymore either. <laughs> we don't have Donald anymore either. It's just Jason. Hey, Jason. Hey. So uh, we decided, since this interview ended up running long, we're going to break this thing into two parts. So while we were recording, we didn't realize this was going to happen. We don't have Donald because he's in New Zealand. Blah, 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 blah. Time anyway, zones. Time zones are a pain in the neck. <laughs> we are we are going to do reactions just to the bit you heard, and then we'll come back for another episode in a couple days to give you the rest of the Ryan Young interview. So, Jason, what were your big takeaways from the first, eh, call it half, of the conversation with Ryan Young? Yeah, yeah. So uh, the biggest thing, I, I want to start with, you know, what he talked about regarding the, the team, the current team, the guys who've been practicing together, as he said, for six or seven weeks. I I loved how much he mentioned that the freshmen are really hard workers, that they don't have any shell shock and, and, and that they love having a gym at their disposal. Um, I I think that's, it's great to hear that those guys are are just diving in the gym so much. Uh, I, I will freely admit that my eyes popped out a little bit when he talked about Sean Stewart rebounding and jumping a foot and a half over, over Ryan Young's head. I mean, Ryan Young is not the world's greatest leaper, but but is a guy who knows how to get in position and how to get rebounds. And it sounds to me like Sean Stewart is really pushing him on rebounds, which is really fabulous to hear. And then the other takeaway regarding the freshman to me is he mentioned Jared McCain shooting multiple times. He said it's you know fun to play with Jared McCain because he shoots so well. And then toward the end there, when we were talking about the best shooter on the team, he, you know, he says between Jaden shoot and Jared McCain, that's that's really, really interesting to me. I, I I love all the things that Jared McCain is going to bring to this team. And it sounds like, you know, we didn't try to pin Ryan down. I'm, I'm not sure that Ryan would have agreed to be pinned down as to who's the best of the freshmen. Sounds like it may be Jared McCain. Uh, and, and that's that's pretty exciting for Duke fans. And not only that, but also talking about the progress that guys are making coming back from the injuries. I think as much as we are curious about how the freshmen are going to play this season, a lot of you know, Duke's outcome for the 2023-2024 season is going to be how healthy is Kyle Filipowski coming off of hip surgery? How healthy is Jeremy Roach recovering from the toe injury? Uh, and, you know, along with all those other guys. Uh, the other thing, you you talked about the three-point shooting. We got Ryan to admit that there's, there's, a, there's a possibility he's going to be taking some three-pointers yeah. yeah. this season. He seemed, uh, I, would, I would say, rather bullish on his, uh, his three-point outlook. So we'll we'll have to be uh, bringing that one back up. And then the other great thing was uh, the, the the stories about John Shire and Chris Collins. And, and as you can imagine, if you've listened to any of our interviews before of, of former Duke players, we've got some more John Shire com- content coming in, in the next episode with Ryan Young. But uh, very cool to hear about the continuity that he sees between the way that Coach Collins runs his program at Northwestern and the way John Shire runs his program at Duke. Obviously, two guys who who played for Coach K and should have a lot in common. Although I think, as we've seen from their coaching styles and from getting to know them as as players and then as coaches, pretty different characters. Uh, Chris Collins and and John Shire, but yeah. but certainly the through line is there with them and and Steve Wojciechowski and everybody else who's come through the program and played for Coach K and and coached under Coach K. They've they've obviously picked up a lot of stuff, and it's and it's cool to hear Ryan talk about you know where the where the things were that that he had to learn for the first time when he came to Duke and what was the stuff that he already knew. Yeah. You know, <laughs> there are two other takeaways that I sort of had from this first half or two thirds of the interview with, with Ryan. 
getting back to the team really quickly, and I don't want to bag on the guy at all, but it's noticeable that he didn't really talk about TJ Power at all. There are some fans that have speculated that TJ Power might find his way into the big man rotation. And when Ryan was talking about, you know, who are the bigs, he, he didn't mention TJ Power at all. I know TJ Power is like 6'9", but but it, it doesn't really sound like TJ Power is is really vying for minutes, you know, in the post. Uh, maybe he may be more of a a wing kind of player. So I thought that was interesting just to know, you know, something that we learned based on omission to some extent. And then the last thing I wanted to mention was his talk about the the Brotherhood podcast, the Duke social media team, and um, uh, you know, the fact that the Brotherhood podcast is going to continue into the season. I'm so thrilled to hear that. That's going to be great content for all of us throughout the year. And, and lastly, I just think Ryan just comes across as a guy who's smart, intellectually curious, but I'm so thrilled that we have players like this at Duke who are thinking beyond basketball and, and are more than just a guy on the court. And, and, and to me, uh, uh, Ryan Young is clearly imparting knowledge to his teammates and to the entire Duke community. And it's, it's just great to, it's great to be a part of it. It's uh, it, it's also exciting. Like we, you know, we, we do this, we've been doing this just sort of as our, as our passion project for so many years. And it feels like he's yep. in a way kind of done the same. I'm sure that there's, there's a couple bucks in it for him, which is, which is awesome. And and we'll get to talk to him a little bit more about NIL on the next episode. But yeah. Big it, tease there. Been, we're we're going to be talking yeah. NIL with Ryan Young. Yeah. Yeah. No, no kidding. Uh, but um, but extremely cool to hear that, and and uh, I wish we'd we'd given him a little bit more grief about you know every every uh, show that Duke basketball team puts out on the internet. You know, I, I maybe it pushes us down in uh, in our listeners' feeds, but uh, I guess this is the this is the the cost of doing business with them. So yeah, he, he is the cool, comp- is he the competition? <laughs> I guess he's the competition. Oh my god! I think I've described <laughs> it before that uh, that we're not really in competition with all the shows that are produced or or starring. Uh, former Duke basketball players or current Duke basketball players. Right. Because let's be real, if you wanted to hear from former Duke basketball players, that's the most efficient place to go. Yeah. Um, I'd like to think that if you want to hear people talk somewhat objectively about the team, you're not going to get it from them. Uh, although right. you'll get, if you listen to, to JJ Redick, sometimes uh, he will he will drop truth that you don't expect to come from a guy who's you know inside the thing. But I, I'd like to think that that we maintain at least some degree of objectivity in our in our discussion even though we're wearing the the dark blue glasses so to say yeah and it it sounds a little bit like ryan is at least thinking about you know perhaps joining the jay billis jj reddick jay williams and and many other uh mike jaminski i mean my goodness the number of former duke guys who are in broadcasting uh just seems like it grows almost every year sounds like ryan you know has a little bit of an eye on that as well yeah, so we will uh, we will see where his career goes. He 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 also seemed to have a, a pretty healthy take on whether or not he's going to make the NBA. Yeah. So you gotta you gotta appreciate that. Maybe it, it means that he's got uh he's got a little bit of a career ahead of him playing overseas. Maybe it means that he just takes his MBA and, and embarks on a on a regular career in uh in white collar America. But either way, we wish him well and hopefully uh, we'll get to talk to him again. As we mentioned, there will be another episode where we dive into a little bit more about NIL. Of course, we have to ask him about the, uh, we, he's not going to give us a Coach K story, but we are going to ask him for a John Shire story. So you'll have to, you'll have to stick around for that one. We've heard the whole thing. You haven't yet. You're going to have to download episode 530 to get that story because this 
is the end of episode 528 of Duke Basketball Roundup. I think I still called it Duke Basketball Report in the intro. I'm sorry about that. I'm never going to get this thing right. So I don't know what... I guess I guess Vox can sue yeah, me. Yeah, Sam, your 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 math is off. You said five thirty. It's gonna be episode five twenty nine. Oh, are we in five twenty eight? I can't yeah. do math. I can't <laughs> read the script. Uh, I don't know. I don't know who's on this show and and who's not. So with that, let's just say goodbye for Jason Evans, who's here, uh, or at least is is in America. For Donald Wine, who's who's about I think as physically far away from here as you can be. Uh, Literally the other getting, side of the planet. <laughs> without getting on a spaceship, uh, he's pretty far away. For those guys, I'm Sam Klein. We'll talk to you again soon, and we'll talk to Ryan Young again pretty soon on the next episode. DBRpodcast at gmail.com and Duke Band. Take us home.